0: Welcome to the Pilates Podcast, a podcast and community for all movement lovers, instructors and anyone who simply adores their core.
1: We chat about all things movement, teaching, health and much, much more.
0: Our mission is simple, to get you moving and feeling inspired by sharing our own knowledge as well as bringing on guest speakers.
1: Wherever and however you are listening, we hope you enjoy this episode. This week, we spoke to the amazing Nadia, a Melbourne-based flight attendant turned Pilates instructor who currently teaches at Rise Pilates and Pilates Republic. Nadia shares with us her transition between careers, why she is obsessed with hot Pilates, how she class plans, what life as an instructor actually looks like and much, much more. Nadia's energy is so infectious. She is such a positive and humble soul and we hope you enjoy this chat with her just as much as we did. Now into the episode hi Nadia welcome to the Pilates podcast hello
0: <laughs> so we have a quick little rapid fire round for you today reformer or mat
2: mat
0: awesome studio or gym
2: uh studio
0: yeah inside or outside sessions maybe dependent on the weather
2: <laughs> um if like beautiful weather definitely outside um yeah but inside obviously for studio purposes.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yoga or Pilates?
2: Pilates.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favourite activewear brand?
2: Um, I'm pretty basic. <laughs> like Lulu um, is definitely like an always kind of like essential activewear. And then I like patterns. So like Lorna Jane and stuff have really cute patterns. But yeah, they're probably my top two.
0: Cool. Are you a coffee or a tea drinker?
2: Oh, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Melbourne, of course. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think most instructors are <laughs> early in the morning yeah. starter.
1: very like similar to what both of us would say. Yeah,
2: I feel like the yeah definitely like the yoga and Pilates. I think like for self practice purposes i've like grown into yoga but i have no experience in teaching yoga or any kind of knowledge outside of watching videos online (laughs) so i love to practice it but yeah definitely like pilates
0: i think i'm a bit the same and i think maybe because i'm teaching so much pilates it's like something different that i can get out of my head a bit more with it
2: you can just switch off you don't have to think about any kind of technical things that you should be doing Mm. i'm totally the same like i think a lot of
1: people often ask like oh do you teach yoga i'm like i would love to be a yoga instructor but i actually am not going to do it purely for the purpose of being able to enjoy a class where i'm not thinking about Flows or planning or anything. That's pretty same
2: Like for two years, I think, like when I first did my training for Pilates, I was like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I should do yoga." But Mm. then I like just did Pilates because it seems a bit more accessible and like less time. The yoga trainings everyone says is so intense. I was really put off by that, Mm. but I'm kind of glad that I chose Pilates. Yeah, for sure. I
1: guess with that as well, like can you give us a bit of a background into you, like Pilates, not Pilates, how have you ended up where you are now? Like just give us a little snippet on Nadia.
2: Sure. (laughs) Um, So I did my Pilates training uh, 2018, I think. So the very start of 2018, I signed up to breathe. And then prior to that, I was a client at Rise in Essendon and that's kind of how I got into Reforma. I'd never heard of Reforma Pilates, I'd never seen it. And then I was scrolling literally through Instagram and then Rise popped up. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so pretty. So message one of my girlfriends, we got the intro offer. And then like you guys know, it's so addictive. You get so addicted so quick. Um, So I was a client there for about a year and I was a flight attendant at the time. And then um, I'd been flying for coming up to eight years. And I was, yeah, it wasn't for me. I was like, I need a change. Something has to change in my life. Um, And then it kind of all just molded together. I mean, I was talking to Laura one day at the studio and I was like, oh, do you reckon I could do this? I think everyone has that conversation with an instructor, like before you do the training. So it was really casual. I was like, maybe I should do this. And she's so positive. She's like, do it, do it. You'll love it. Like, you'll be so amazing. She had nothing but positive energy. Um, And then so I signed up to breathe. Yeah, 2018. I did the two-week intensive. So like one week on. And then it was like a three-month break. And then came back and did the second week. Um, So it was a little bit hard because obviously I was still flying at the time. So for time and all the hours you have to do for your, uh, like, practical, it was definitely hectic. Um, and then as soon as I finished training, I was lucky enough for Laws to offer me a shift, like straight out of the bat, a weekend shift. You, know, you kind of get stuck with when you start working, you get the weekends or, like, Sunday afternoon or Friday night. Um, But that worked really well for me. I still kept flying for a good six to eight months in and around that one shift that I had at Rise. Um, And then I was really like restricted with obviously still flying full time, being away. But then i spent all my money on training. I'm loving teaching. So I kind of had to make that decision, like that jump of like, okay, well, I'm either going to stay flying or move on to something else now for like the next stage of my life and once i made the decision to leave flying i just my schedule obviously opened up to full-time like availability and all these opportunities came about so i was really lucky with that and then i knew a girlfriend at core plus in preston so i did the training with them and that's how i kind of got into like Matt pilates And obviously they do the heat. So I got into it through there and I stayed with them for about like six to eight months. And then I think after you've been teaching for like that year, you kind of have this, like, what's next? What's like, how can I progress with my career? How can I like build on my knowledge um, and move forward? And so I did um, Miriam's, mentoring program and she was amazing um that was really i think influential in my journey so far because she just was an outsider looking in and her knowledge in the industry um really i guess guided me to make some changes within like the studios i was teaching at but also my style Um, and then yeah, so then I ended up at Pilates Republic. So I left Ball Plus, moved to Pilates Republic last year in like July, August, just picking up covers working there. And that was, I think, a much better fit for where I was at in terms of my teaching and where I wanted to be, I guess now. Um, so that was really lucky. And then, yeah, and then just recently, I think, like a month ago, we opened up the hot room at Pilates Republic, which has been probably a highlight of my <laughs> teaching so far because I've been able to create this amazing program and take my knowledge from where I've worked previously and bring that into now um, a new studio. And so I kind of feel like it's my little baby mm-hmm. and I'm back to teaching Matt, which I love. And so, yeah, it ran that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my journey to now.
0: <laughs> wow,
2: a <So> lot. <long. laughs>
0: <laughs> Love that it's your little baby. Like that just makes it so much more exciting and yes. motivating to get in and teach classes when you have and I that.
2: I feel class. like you just like it's more like after class you teach the class and you're like, oh, yes, like this is something I've created, even though it's not my studio (laughs) but I'm still I still have those feelings of like oh this is my little yeah baby and it's like growing but then yeah obviously coronavirus Mm. (laughs) that
1: only came out very recently didn't it like I remember seeing it and thinking oh that's so cool because that's totally something that I've thought about for my little studio of sort of adding the heat Element, oh my but gosh,
2: it's so addictive!
1: Like I know. so, like I was doing it for a, a long while in Melbourne at Core Plus just for myself. I wasn't teaching there, but I loved it. Like the heat was even in. I mean, Luke, lo- you get to do going like, to say all, all the time, anywhere, <laughs> all the time. But it was. <laughs> um, I think I did it for a good like six months stint over the summer of maybe like twenty. 17 or something like that it might have been just before you started working there even but It was that same feeling of even though it was already 30 something degrees outside By sweating and working out and doing Pilates in that element like it just added this Level to it that you can't get any other way.
2: You can't even by like working outside Like when I was a flight attendant working out in Bali we used to do little workouts at the hotel and it's just different You have the energy the music it's just amazing Unreal. I love it.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of being in the heat?
2: I think just like obviously you sweat a lot more so you lose, you know you get rid of all those toxins, um, but also the heat allows your muscles to wake up a lot quicker and you can work within those full range movements a lot better. but I think for me, I like to kind of focus more on like the mental health benefits of exercise and obviously being in the heat all those other elements come into play where you know you burn more calories you get that quick burst of cardio get the heart rate up all those things but i think just in general the heat it forces you almost to switch off mentally i think when you're just exercising especially now at home there's so many ways to get distracted Mm. Whereas the heat, you're like, the only distraction you can have is that you're thinking, oh, my gosh, it is so hot in here. Like, you can't think, this is burning, this is dying. Like, you're literally thinking, I need to get through the class. It's so hot. Like, so you kind of forget about all the other stuff. Like, when you're doing a class, I think even if you are dying, you're like, oh, my gosh, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to stop. It's like, you just get in a zone. And I don't think you get that in a mat class outside of the heat that mm. makes and you feel so so
1: so good and so supported by it like it's something yeah. that i remember doing my first class and being like wow this is like my new drug like this is amazing and it's because it's so you're right, like your body's already warm so you can reach a level that maybe you wouldn't otherwise reach. But yeah. even your muscles, like I was never as sore I think because I was so warm and so pliable versus just being suddenly going from a really quick warm-up into an intense class or yeah. into a reformer
2: or whatever. And I think now as well, like teaching from home, I've definitely noticed like the difference, like exactly like that. Like I do my bridges to warm up. But then I do one standing leg series to work the glutes and I, ca- I can't push through. Like I'm just so sore. Oh and I think it's because the heat just allows you to open up and like push that little bit harder. It lets your muscles work stronger. I love it. So
0: you <laughs> well, have to do that. Oh, must up, do. Open the door, sweat <laughs> it out. I've got enough humidity
1: up here. I know. You don't need the hot room. Yeah. I'll have to come and do a class when we're allowed to travel. Yes, come. Ooh. I guess going back to what we were talking previously, like when you were transitioning from your, you know, previous career, I guess you could call it in flying. Like, how did you make that transition, or what did you? you know, how did you fit your study in and what happened around those elements? Because we get a lot of questions of people that are making that shift and it might be from flying, it might be from corporate, it might be whatever. But yeah, what what did that look like for you?
2: Um, So I think like my, I guess like little tips as well. Um, So for me, I was international, so I had a lot of downtime in terms of doing self practice or like the theory behind um, becoming a Pilates instructor um, and I went through breathe so obviously there's so many channels you can go down now in terms of doing the course getting a certificate being a qualified Pilates instructor so my knowledge is only based on the Breathe course I did so I don't know whatever what everyone else is doing um, but a lot of that was online just initially, before you did the class, uh, course. And so for me, having the downtime flying when I was away over in Bali, or in Hawaii, wherever I was, it was quite nice. Not nice, because it's beautiful there, but it gave me a lot of downtime to do studies, do the theory, um, and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of like fitting it all in when I'd come back to Australia, I mean, I used to land six o'clock in the morning from Bali and then go straight to rise at Essendon and stay there the whole day to do my practice hours so I think in terms of having another job and trying to get that transition into teaching so many people I think drag out the practice hours rather than just smashing it all out I mean I did it all my practice hours I think in one or two months so I was really like I need to do it I need to do it because there was like 100 hours or something but if you take the whole day at the studio that's 10 hours just in one chunk and I mean it's a lot I used to sit there in the studio and be like at the end of the day like oh my gosh what have I just done like nodding off wasn't great but (laughs) like I think you kind of choose the people that space it out, obviously you have to do, um, I was just really lucky in terms of like having that in with a studio. So my transition from flying to working as a full-time instructor, I was very much like just had the one shift. And then for about three or four months, I was like stress, 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 that I was never gonna be home for that shift in case like the flight was canceled or the flight was delayed. And so literally I was just to my girlfriend, one of my close friends, I was like, I need to just leave. Like I need to leave, but it's so scary taking that safety net of a full time job to going into teaching where you go to classes, you see the instructors, they seem to have such a carefree life. You know, it doesn't seem like they're working all that hard. And then so that's scary when you've had a full-time job for eight years and you've got that set income those set hours and then for me I only had one shift and I was like is that enough I have a mortgage you know I have to feed myself how am I gonna make the money Um, but then just taking that jump allowed me to just be open to opportunities within the industry I think when you first come out, my advice would be, you can't be picky, you, can't, you have to take what's available. Yeah, maybe it's not, you know, the shift you want, it's not the time you want, maybe even it's not the studio you thought you were going to be working at. But for me, like, I was just lucky, I really was. <laughs> um, but the first, like, when I left flying was December, And then of course everyone goes away over summer, even instructors, they're like, I wanna get away. Um, So for me, I didn't wanna go anywhere. I'd been away for the last eight years of my life. I didn't wanna go anywhere. (laughs) So the first six months flew by in terms of teaching for me because I picked up so many hours, just covers, like covers coming out of my hat, had so many covers, but then it allowed, I guess, studio owners to see me as a reliable instructor. I want to be there. Um, so, yeah. Did I go off topic there? <laughs> <That's
1: so good. laughs> I know. so right in that um, I was pretty similar to you in that I didn't already... I came from more of a dance background. So, for me, when I was doing my course, I thought maybe I would do it in dance studios or maybe I would use it for my own personal knowledge rather than going and becoming an instructor and so i didn't really i went to Kaya health clubs a lot because it was near where i danced but i was lucky to have someone in the course that actually owned a pilates studio and they asked me to go and teach for them literally the week after we finished so i was also fortunate in that sense like you were where i kind of had something lined up without even knowing that before the course but it was the same. Like, just because I got that job didn't mean that I got the best shifts. Like, I got all the early mornings, all the weekends, like, the ones that suddenly other instructors are like, well, there's a new shift. I can pass yeah. it to them and they can take it all. And I think even the three years that I was in Melbourne, I only got to the point of not having those shifts at the very, very end. And that's probably just because I grew to work around those hours and mornings suited me better in the end than nights. But you definitely have to take what you can get. And you know that as well from when you were doing corporate and juggling, you know, your first... I
2: think because like the way that Pilates is kind of advertised for new people to sign up and become instructors. They advertise a very... Like, you can choose your own hours, you make great money and, you know, there's all these amazing benefits, which there are a thousand percent. There's so many great, you know aspects of being a Pilates instructor but I think no one unless you know someone in the industry quite well and they're happy to be honest with you people don't tell you how it's going to be like you're going to be up at five o'clock mm-hmm. for the six o'clock class you're not going to get that lunchtime class and make thousands of dollars no and I think they
1: glamorize it a lot yeah, for sure. like, I know a lot of girlfriends that have I mean, we, like Lutia and I, we were very close as we have been in a lot of our life decisions. We've been very along the way sort of following each other, but I've had other people along the way ask like, oh, you know, where can I study? What can I do? Like, how can I do what you're doing? And as much as I love my job and it's kind of changed the role of that recently a little bit more, but it's still so hard to explain to someone what it actually is and what it actually entails. And that sometimes sessional work sounds fun, yeah. but you also have to be very, very good at in between those sessions structuring your day. Cause you could end up just binging on Netflix between every single class, which I've done and, <laughs> and it's not good for your brain. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. I've been up since four twenty this morning and every time my alarm goes off, I'm like, oh. I'm so going to have a nana nap today. I'm but like, and look, I'm on the podcast and I'm not having a nap and I feel great, but there is um, the negative of that early rise, I suppose.
2: Yeah, and I mean, some people, like, I'm not a morning person and you can talk to anyone from any studio I work to. It's like, I'll never go in on a day off and do a morning class. I'm not an early riser. I'm not, you know... I'll be there 7:30 p.m. doing my self-practice. Like I'm not interested in the early mornings. I really struggle. But in saying that, I think I work like most mornings throughout the
0: week.
2: Yeah. me. (laughs) Yeah, you have to kind of take what you get, I think. And a lot of people don't understand that, or they don't no one tells you, just don't have that awareness going into being an instructor.
0: Definitely. I had a similar journey with being a part of a studio and doing the training and then just being like, can I practice here? And then got that shift and it kind of went on from there. I think probably a lot of people experience that. Yeah. It's a good way to go about it. Just ask that question, and be like, Sue.
2: So? <laughs> definitely now that Reformer, I mean, like five years ago, Reformer wasn't even a thing. Like, where did it come from? Like, it just kind of popped up in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and so, It was kind of like, no one knew anyone within the industry. Whereas now we have social media. I mean, I follow you guys, but like, didn't even know you. And Like you're connected with people within the industry without even actually physically being connected and being with them in person. So there's so much more, well, there's so many more channels of like ways that you can get advice, ways that you can be guided through your practice. Um, like for example i had a girl in queensland message me about you know her class plan and i was think like i was literally thinking like i don't know you but yeah, there's yeah. so <laughs> but there's so many ways now like coming into the industry to get advice that's going to help you and i think as well like one person's advice and journey is so different to the next person's.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: But it's definitely very much like I find it is a little bit like who you know as well. It's kind of one of those industries where it's definitely like, if you know someone who's in the industry, they can help you get your foot in the door, but they're not going to help you keep your job.
0: Of course, definitely. And just kind of reflecting on that advice, have you thought back to your journey and gone oh if I could do it again I might have been able to manage my time a bit better this way or anything like that
2: I mean obviously my journey's only been two years so nice and short um I think I would never like regret where I've been or how my I guess journey has been looking back I think Like, currently now, obviously, I'm at Rise and Pilates Republic, super happy, like, my family. So, I think for me, like, how I came into it all and, like, time management and getting all my studies done, I think it was perfect for me. I would definitely say, like, doing the two-week intensive. I don't even know if that's offered. It's very full-on. Um you get given so much information and then to digest all that it's kind of like well like you know i like the idea of the weekend courses yeah if i had the time over and i didn't have commitments to do you know i just i physically couldn't have taken every weekend off from work it just wasn't ever going to be possible for me um but i think that's probably if i had it over and time permitting i would have rather done it weekend study rather than the full two intensity.
0: yeah you kind of went head down bum up straight. yeah
2: and then it's like you've done the week and then it's like what yeah and you forget what you've done it forget
1: because it's suddenly friday i did it similar like i've done a few different ones and i've done a variation of the weekend ones and I've done a variation of the intensive ones and you definitely get to the end of the week the week long or the two week long and you kind of go whoa like where did that time go and how did I stay focused for that long but you do and you make it work and I think that you've obviously had maybe even your time as a flight attendant like you've used that and the skills that you've learned or the time management very very well by the sounds going into this new career of yours so that's that's really good because some people you do have to be quite self-motivated when it comes to the online section and when it comes to the class planning and continuing your own research and your own study. And do you class plan? Like what's your, what's your week look like, I guess? Like what, how do you juggle those two studios that you're at?
2: And so at the moment in for me, different? I have like probably, I obviously have class planning for Reforma and then class planning for math for reformer I kind of just I always look at who's in my class to class plan obviously that changes clients cancel um, but I don't show but I try and look at who's in my class just to give me a rough idea of like their abilities how I know they already move Um, and then I kind of plan based on that so it's a very I go into a class with a very loose class plan and then I just build from there. So I'm, you'll never see me at home writing down a class plan or going over like, maybe I'll teach this, maybe. No, I, I like it's very rare for me to do that because I don't take it in. And I found when I first started teaching, I'd write down my whole class plan and then I'd get to the end of the class and I didn't teach a single thing that was on my class plan. So I was like, okay, this that type of planning, it doesn't work for me because one, I don't take it in myself. (laughs) Like I write it down and I look at it during the class, but I don't, the words don't come out of my mouth. It's not the direction (laughs) that I take when I'm teaching. So for reformer, it's very much based on the people in my class and I guess like what I've taught, or I choose like a focus. So whether it's gonna be like core, legs arms and then so I build one main sequence and then I just build the whole class around that um yeah. so reformers is a very I go in with a very kind of broad plan but from an outside it might be like you're going in not with a plan at all <laughs> but I do have a plan it's just very broad yeah, yeah
1: you get better at that over time or sometimes I know instructors that have been like that from the get-go they never planned they never did anything it was just they were confident enough to do that from the start but I know for some new instructors it can be good to have a little bit more of an idea and then kind of know that you know if you've got this knee injury or if you can't you know do seated arms or whatever that this is what your option will be to go from there but I completely agree with you and I know Luke does as well. And we spoke to a few, a few people have said the same thing. I know Shaman said the same in his um, like episode that it's good to have that intention or that focus or to try and think about what you might go in with. But unfortunately, if you do write down, this is how many amounts of this I want to do and this, like it's yeah. never happen. And it's, it's almost setting yourself up to fail because you feel like if you don't achieve that perfect pretty stationary noted pencil pad that all of a sudden you are a bad instructor which you're not it's just that you're learning to be dynamic and go with the flow of your class which is ideally what you want rather than it being about what you want to achieve it's it's their bodies it's their focus so
2: yeah it's so true because like at the start especially like if i did write it down at the end i'd be like oh that was such a great class plan but i didn't teach it And it just you get that disappointment in yourself and you're already new you're already trying to find your feet but because I think because someone's told you you know write it down do this this will work and you're trying so hard to do it but if that's not your style of learning and developing it's never gonna work for you you know and I think being new, you have to take time to find out what is going to work for you with your class planning, with you know all that your style. So for Matt coming back to that question, for my mat classes, I plan my entire class around my playlist. So like to cool. the T, like have my song that I know what exercise. So I'm in no means a music buff. I have no idea who's on the charts. I have no idea about like <laughs> music. I don't know how it works. I really don't. But I, <laughs> I literally pick one song, one exercise, and then I build my whole class plan on that playlist and like go from there. So if you ever do my math class, you'll never be pulsing to a song that's not like pulse beat. So, and I, that's how I keep myself on track teaching. So I remember first, when I first started teaching that, I'd always play the like playlist. And then some days it'd go on shuffle <laughs> and I'd get so, so like scared, nervous. I was like, Oh my gosh, this isn't my, <laughs> yeah. And I'd get really panicky and like, and I think that, it was such a good learning curve, mainly for technology, because I'm no good at technology, and I didn't know your phone can go from shuffle to not shuffle. But obviously, I selected that in the car. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, for Matt, I planned my whole class on my playlist. So I find, like, if another instructor tries to play that exact playlist to a very or their own sequence, it's never going to work and i think that's why i love well, i love reformer but i think i love mat as well because i feel like i put more energy into teaching a mat class because i've done all this work prior to teaching it whereas reformer i'm quite comfortable um, just to kind of go in and go with the flow whereas matt i've put so much more energy um huh. so do you
0: have like a million playlists
2: um, <laughs> I used to, and then I kind of just started fresh. I was like, you know what? I want to start fresh. Um, and so, to start, I guess, before launching the hot room at Pilates Republic, I was like, this is a really good fresh start for me. I want to be like, get in there. I want to be fresh, nothing that I've used before. Um, so, now I think I'm up to about 15 playlists. I do, I mean, and we've only been open. a week (laughs) because then we got shut down because of COVID so I'm definitely a planner but I try I will never use the same playlist in a week in the mat room whereas reformer I'll happily have the same playlist on for a month and not really like as an instructor it's not going to phase me in my head I'm not thinking oh my gosh these people have listened to this playlist The last four weeks, whereas in the mat room, I think it's very like you want to stay fresh, you want people to be listening to fresh music, Um, and then you can kind of almost get away with overlapping the exercises because the music's different. If that kind of makes sense, yeah, you can shuffle your class, yeah, kind of like
1: you could shuffle music, yeah, yeah.
2: But I think for sure, like music in the mat room is like key. So that's my base, my foundation for planning a class.
0: Mm. I'm gonna have a bit of a play with that because I'm teaching bar and Pilates. So bar is all structured to music, all the playlists, everything. Yeah. Um. But Matt is like my flow of your reformer. So I just put a playlist on and then go for it. But yeah, give it to go.
2: Just- I love it. And I'm like I said, I'm not like a music buff, like anything, but.
0: Yeah. So hard. <laughs>
2: it's so hard. Like I'm just—I've never been around you mu- Like I've been around music, but I've never been one to be like, "Oh my gosh, do you know who this is?" Like I, you'll never. Like I don't go to concerts. I'm not. I'm not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And how do you work in like your personal brand and like the content you're creating on Instagram as well? Between planning your mat classes and your playlists, and obviously your flow with reformer.
2: Um. So, I guess with like content for social media, um, has my personal one has definitely changed because of Melbourne and where we are now. Obviously, I can't go into the studio, I can't film my little reformer flows or mat flows. So that's I've had a huge change. Um, in terms of that, I think when I'm back in studio, I always use my breaks. Like if you do two classes in the morning, have a break. And then the other two, like the mid-morning classes, I always use that break. I get my coffee. I have like my 10-minute like social media scroll, see what everyone else is doing that day. And then I'm like, okay, I want to film something um, for my own personal social media. I always try and film or... I guess, post back to what I'm giving the clients that week. So I'm teaching like, I guess, simple, like light legs, like um, lunges, skaters, scooters, yeah, or whatever you want to teach that's light legs. I'll always, I would film that and then relay that in my post. So I think then you get the engagement from the clients you're seeing that week or the ones you haven't seen they kind of get a little sneak peek of what's to come. So that's probably how I post within the studio when we're back to work and I'm working in the studio full time. Um, And basically my whole life is either my puppy, Hugo, (laughs) or Pilates. I really don't do a whole lot of other stuff. Um, So my social media, yeah, when we're in studio, is very much directed for the places i work and what i'm doing throughout that week um but now with COVID, it's so different how melbourne instructors especially have had to kind of change the way not only of class planning but definitely like your social media now is your only connection direct connection i suppose to your clients um i'm still teaching through the studios but ultimately i want to keep connected to the clients that i had prior to covid you know Mm. they're the ones that are going to come back to the studio after they're the ones going to come to the classes so for me now um it's just changed like I don't don't even know how to explain it. I think before I used to kind of just post to be like, yeah, I'm making a post. It's fun. This is what's happening. Whereas now you're kind of like, okay, well, my post like has to mean something. Like it has to be something that's not just posting for the sake of posting because it's a new week. Yeah. If that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. It's the engagement side of it or like the community aspect. Yeah. And I think in that contact.
2: Yeah, and I try. I mean, for myself, like I'm very much like I love like when I'm scrolling the socials. I love to see like pretty profiles and like aesthetically pleasing profiles. Um, so I guess I've tried to create that on my own page. Um, yeah. No one wants to like look at their own Instagram and be like, "Well, this is yuck," um, but. I guess I'm not posting as much content as I was prior to COVID or pre-COVID, but I feel like my posts are a lot more engaging now. So for me, like I've definitely noticed my engagement's gone up with the socials, whether that's because everyone's at home on the social media Mm. at the minute. Um, But, yeah, I definitely try and post more content that's I guess more meaningful
0: I and mean, that
2: sense.
0: yeah <laughs> your um, viewers are gonna get something out of
2: yeah mm-hmm. oh, cool. I think you need to think about like okay well I'm teaching on Monday and I'm teaching on Friday for example that's my schedule how do you keep the people you've got on Monday engaged to want to come back and do your class on Friday like what are you offering that is gonna bring them back to do your class when especially now, I mean you there's so there's so much volume of content out there. Everyone, whether they were a Pilates instructor prior or they're not even a Pilates instructor, everyone moves their body. Everyone's got some kind of fitness background, <laughs> like everyone's moved their body, you're a human being. So There's so much content out there for people and I think for me especially, like I just want to keep my engagement strong
1: Mm.
2: and then, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot out
1: there, that's for sure. There's a lot. It's great (laughs) but it's also, yeah, it's kind of now more than ever we're having to not compete but we've got a lot more going on that there's studios or yeah people that aren't even Pilates instructors that are adding Pilates videos or YouTube posts that people can follow at home. So it's definitely good that you're keeping that strong. Do you have some goals and some, you know, things that you want to try and achieve over the next little while or are you kind of pretty happy just ticking along seeing where COVID's gonna go?
2: Um so obviously the mat room <laughs> once we get back and open, um That, I definitely want that to be a huge success Um, and just, yeah, build that as much as possible because that's a huge, huge passion of mine. Um, But also, yeah, I've started a little online business um, with resistance bands. So that is obviously like a personal goal and something that I've been developing which seems like forever now because of COVID and everything like that. Um, But yeah, I want to kind of bring those two things together. So I think especially now when we do go back to studio, people are going to be more cautious of where they're putting their hands, what they're doing with their bodies, you know, so sharing equipment definitely becomes some people are more, well, if I can have it myself, I'll just bring my own. Um, So my goal is kind of to mold those two together. (laughs) But that's just kind of like an opportunity that I saw the first time we went into isolation in Melbourne was like everyone's teaching. I mean, as an instructor, you generally have some kind of props at home, some kind of equipment, or you could have borrowed it from the studio. Whereas clients that don't have anything, you know, that's why they come into the studio. They come into the studio to use the equipment to be around you. Whereas yeah i just think there was like a gap in the market so that definitely was my inspiration but yeah my personal personal goals is just to have work-life balance (laughs) um (laughs) which i know is so like some weeks i sit down and you know i watch the bachelor and i think to myself oh my gosh my life is so well balanced and then other weeks, depending on whatever's like influence that week, maybe I just taught that whole week and I was feeling really off. Um, so then I'm like, oh, I have no work life balance. But that's probably my main goal for, wow, well, let's just jump to 2021. 2020 really? <laughs> is like, like, I don't know if anyone in Melbourne's gonna get work life balance happening. No. But, I think for twenty twenty one or like that near future moving forward would be just getting that balance and being happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: amazing. I think yeah, it's definitely something we're all constantly trying to work at, especially like we mentioned earlier when you are instructing whether it's live classes, online, in studio of Having sessional work and also still knowing how to piece together the life stuff. And yeah, I know you've worked at that really hard this year of trying to make some pretty healthy boundaries with your work and all of that. So, yeah, thank you
2: so much. Like when you first come out, because you are forced to just take any hours that you can get, Mm. you really lose the time for self practice. Because you're not only transitioning from a, you know, a previous career into something new. So you do, you pick up all the shifts, you take all the shifts. And then the last thing you want to be doing at the end of the week is going back to the studio and doing a class. Even though you love it, Mm. you just need that mental escape from Pilates. And I think 100%. I, yeah.
1: th- I think for my first year, even maybe a year and a half of teaching, I actually didn't do a class for myself. I'm so, <laughs> yeah. a mind-body account and I hadn't done a class in 12 months.
2: Like, I probably train, even now, I train like two or three times a week at a studio. The rest is all like at home self-practice.
1: Yeah. So, it's crazy and I think it takes a while to want to be in a studio and I think like for yourself and I think that in Melbourne I remember for a while when I was teaching and I went all right I need to do this practice for me that I ended up going to a different studio and even though I got free classes at the studio I taught at I went to a different studio to pay and to physically go there i didn't tell anyone i was an instructor i just went and i enjoyed the class for what it was otherwise you get caught up working you look at a client and you think oh i could help them or you know you run around and you work so it's not what it should be
2: i reckon it's like 98 percent of instructors do that yeah i think you have to to, (laughs) just to like switch off yeah most definitely Well, I reckon that's a
1: wrap for us. Thank you so much for all of your time today. You've given us so much to like think about and talk about. And it's been really, really awesome. I think we'll have to get you back on once we're back in studios and definitely come and do a class when Lutia is allowed to fly back to Victoria. I know,
2: get in the hot room (laughs) (laughs) or just go outside.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us where we can find you, Nadia, on socials and all the rest?
2: yes so on socials my handles just my name so at nadia gerrick um and that's only i'm only on instagram i'm not on like any snapchat nothing like that snapchat, <laughs> nothing like that um and then if you obviously now in COVID online um like classes you can do rise classes they've got rise anytime or live classes through zoom and then pilates republic have um PRTV, which is on Facebook.
0: Awesome. I'm soon to be resistant.
2: Oh, yes, Popping Peach.
0: Woo! Yeah.
1: I like it.
2: Can you type poppinpeach.official into Instagram? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll link all of it below. So, for any of you that want to, you're the same as me. We both have hard to spell last names. So, I'll put it down. Well, we all do, actually. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Pilates Podcast. Thank you again, Nadia, for all of the amazing topics discussed and the insight into your world as an instructor. If you wish to find Nadia on social media, head to at N A D I A, G-E-R-I-C-H, or Pop and Peach to check out her new and upcoming brand. Head to Rise Pilates or Pilates Republic to check out her classes either online or in the studio. To chat to us between episodes, head to our Instagram at The Pilates Podcast and check out our show notes at www.thepilatespodcast.net. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll chat to you next week.